This is episode number 79. Give yourself something to look forward to with Brian Wright. Welcome. My name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and recognize our review of the week, which comes from Mimi Diggs. This is one of the most uplifting podcasts I have listened to. Real people overcoming tremendous odds. Well done. Thank you, Mimi, for submitting the amazing review. If you want to be featured on Review of the Week, go ahead and leave us one on iTunes whenever you get a chance. Also, if you haven't checked out any of our upcoming events, feel free to do so. These are experiences created by other community members from the Overcoming Odds tribe, where you'll get a chance to hear stories from powerful speakers from all over the country and opportunities to share your own story. For more information, please go to overcomingodds.today forward slash events. Now, let's get back to our guest. This week's episode features Brian K. Wright, host of Success Profiles Radio and publisher of Success Profiles Magazine. Over the last six years, Brian has interviewed world-class achievers such as Darren Hardy, Jack Canfield, and many more. With the lessons he had learned from these achievers and through his own experience, he seeks to educate, motivate, and inspire others to become a greater version of themselves. He is also the author of three books, including the newly released Success Profiles, Conversations with High Achievers. Without further ado, please welcome Brian Wright. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone who I had the pleasure of meeting a couple days ago, I believe, and we had first had our initial phone call, which lasted... um, well over the time we had, which we had planned for. And so I wanted to bring him onto the show. His name is Brian Wright. He's a radio show host and a magazine publisher. So Brian, please welcome to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for being a guest. Um, I wanted to start off this episode and really have this segment to continue the conversation that you and I had started during our initial phone call and we started to talk a little bit about um, your illness and the things that you went through. And, you know, as part of it, when you were talking, what it made me realize was that even though at the time you might have viewed that as a negative experience or how could this happen to me, what I've learned throughout my own journey of having experiences similar to that was that there's so much wisdom and so many lessons that we can take away from them if we give it the t- proper time and space to do so. And so I want to start off this episode really with that particular event in your life. And so would you be willing to take us back as far back as you can remember of when it all started 
And what were the series of events that you had to go through along that journey? Uh, Regarding the illness specifically? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I do remember this all happened in early 2014. And I remember feeling very low energy, having very low energy. And in fact, there were days where I had to leave work early. Mm-hmm. And there were evenings where I went to bed really early and I was, you know, going to bed as early as five o'clock some nights. And that's not normal for me. I mean, my normal is somewhere around nine, nine thirty, maybe 10 mm-hmm. and, and sleeping until, you know, five or six or whatever. And I wasn't eating as much as I used to either. I just felt really low energy. In fact, I do remember one day I was doing my own show, which ended at five o'clock and it took every ounce of energy I had just to get through the interview. Fortunately, my guest talks a lot more than I do during my show because it's mm-hmm. an interview style show, but I want my guest to be the star. Mm-hmm. And when the show ended at five o'clock, I just went straight to bed. I didn't even write my show notes. I didn't even publish it. I, I just didn't do anything. I just went straight to bed and I went to sleep pretty quickly. Well, about five days into this, I realized this wasn't getting any better. Mm. My parents were my parents were staying in Arizona. Uh, they're retired and they spend every other winter in Arizona with their RV. They stayed in an RV park. I called them and I said, I've been feeling very sick, low energy for now five days. And they recommended that I go to a doctor and they offered to go with me. And mom did go with me to urgent care. Mm-hmm. And they treated me for pneumonia, which is what they thought was going on. So they gave me a pack and they insisted that I stay with them until I got better. I thought well, that's a really nice thought. So I did. And that was on a Tuesday on a Friday on that Friday, that same week, three days later, I was eating breakfast with them and I ate a half a stick of, or half a, half a piece of bacon. And I said, I'm full. And dad said, that's not right. You haven't hardly eaten anything at all. You need to go back to the doctor. And so I drove and mom went with me. Uh, and the next thing I knew I was in the doctor's room and my mom was sitting there and she had not come into the room with me. So I didn't remember how she got there. Mm -hmm. But all I remember the doctor saying was he's not answering any of my questions coherently. Uh, There's something really wrong. He needs to go to the hospital right now. I'm calling an ambulance. We looked at each other like, what is going on here? So the next thing I knew, I was being loaded onto a stretcher into an ambulance. Mm going very quickly down the highway to the nearest hospital, which was probably about 10 or 12 miles away. And so I remember being in the ER and the doctor saying, we don't know if we're treating you for pneumonia, for flu, or for something completely different, or for both. But we're going to run some tests and you're going to be here a while. And I said, oh, so does a while mean a few hours? She goes, oh, no, a few days, a few weeks, maybe longer. And she says, we might be putting, we probably will be putting you in ICU And she mentioned the possibility of putting me on a ventilator. I wasn't grasping that that meant life support. And I'm really glad she did not use those words. I would have freaked out horribly (laughs) if I would have heard -hmm. those two words coming out of anyone's mouth. But I ended up in ICU. And I was in ICU for seven days. Then they moved me to a a more regular care room for seven more days. And I ended up leaving after 14 days and stayed with my parents for three more weeks and home health care sent home an oxygen tank. And I was on oxygen for three more weeks after that, almost three more weeks. But anyway, toward the end of my hospital stay, I was told by more than one person that they thought they were not sure I was going to make it. And they actually did think about putting me on a ventilator. They voted on it. And 
they the the result of that vote was let's just give him one more day to see if he gets any better. So that was that was interesting to hear because I mean, the thought of dying had never crossed my mind, never mm-hmm. ever. In fact, when I got out of ICU and went downstairs to the regular floor, I saw light at the end of the tunnel. So I just started telling everyone, "I'm going home soon." And it, and most of them, most of the doctors and nurses said, "We sure hope so. We sure hope so." One doctor said, "We'll see." What, what kind of a response is that? Well, I, I stopped <laughs> telling her anything, as I'm sure you can imagine. You need to choose who who to tell things to, and you need to recognize who your cheerleaders are and who's supporting you mm-hmm. and who's not. That's a very important life principle. But while I was in the hospital on the bed, and thankfully I didn't end up having to go on a ventilator, but you have a lot of time to think. There's not much to do except watch TV and think a lot. And... I started thinking about what I was going to do when I got out of there because the thought of dying had never occurred to me, like I mentioned. And so I started thinking, well, I want to go back and start doing my radio show again. I want to start speaking on stages more and I want to impact a whole bunch of people, write more books. The magazine wasn't even a thought yet. And perhaps most importantly, I wanted to go home and play with the dog. (laughs) That was, and, and she was just about ready to turn two years old, just a cute, cute little dog. And I wanted to go home and play with Coco again. And that kept me going. And you have to give yourself something to look forward to. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, you know, that stood out to me when you were sharing your experience was how you were able to apply that particular lesson or how we really how I was able to apply after that conversation of how do you give yourself something to look forward to at any given instance in your life? No matter how difficult the challenge may be, no matter how impossible it may be to overcome that particular thing, I think especially during those times, you have to give yourself a target Mm -hmm. to go after. Because Mm -hmm. what I've learned is that if you go, when I have gone through life without a sense of purpose or something that I'm going toward, it becomes very difficult to identify and create meaning out of your experiences. And so I end up going through life, you know, just free flowing and not really understanding like what's going on. Right. I would say two things, goals and gratitude. Very important. Have goals and give yourself something to look forward to. And you think of nursing home patients or people who are in the nursing home who are old and near the end of their life and they want to see their family at Christmas or Thanksgiving. And then you hear stories about them dying the day after that major holiday. It's because they gave themselves the opportunity to look forward to seeing their family again. And when that day passed, what's the next milestone? Easter Mm -hmm. or Thanksgiving next year? I mean, Valentine's Day, that's a holiday that a lot of people celebrate, but it's not on the same level as Thanksgiving and Christmas. Mm -hmm. So now what do you look forward to? Because you know you may not be here for another whole year. And so they have nothing left to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And and you just have to be able to give yourself a goal. I want to attain this or I want to become this and take steps to accomplish that. The other thing is gratitude. You have to give yourself something to be very thankful for. I, have, I advocate creating a list of things that you're thankful for. I was on a show last night where I said create a list of 100 things you're thankful for. That might sound like a lot, but the first five or 10 are easy. But then it starts to force you to think about being thankful for the little things in life, being able to breathe, having food to eat, 
being thankful for animals, your pet mm-hmm. perhaps, being thankful for different individual members of your family, being thankful for the sunshine, being thankful for the rain, being thankful for the thunder, being thankful for the ability to, to walk, talk, breathe, and read, and eat. Mm-hmm. The opportunity to interact with other people in a meaningful way, the opportunity to meet someone with the purpose of possibly having a romantic relationship. There are lots of things to be thankful for. And people who are in countries that are not as fortunate, we'll say, as, you know, the United States or Canada or, you know, first world countries, they they have to be thankful for what they have, just like we need to be thankful for what we have. And those things may or may not be the same, but a lot of them I think are. And I think we're all the same, even though we're different. Mm-hmm. So have goals and be aggressively thankful for everything you have, because if you are thankful for what you have, then you will be given more to be thankful for later. Mm. That's a very interesting mindset. I think with gratitude, for me, when I started to explore this journey of writing one thank you note per day to a person who's impacted my life, Mm. what I began to notice is that sometimes I was overcomplicating what it meant to be grateful. Mm. So I tried to... And I don't know how that happens in life, and I don't. You might have experienced similar things, as far as, you know, beyond the five to ten things, it becomes harder, because I think we we become too familiar with the things surrounding us, and we mm-hmm. take them for granted. Mm-hmm. And so, just like you said, breathing, ability to smell, hear. I mean, we think that they're with us every single day. Yeah. Yeah. And so we become so familiar with them that it's almost like, well, we don't have to be thankful for them. Mm-hmm. But you do, because if you take things for granted, then eventually they won't be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When did that click for you as far as really understanding, you know, the two things, having a goal and grat- grat- being grateful for the things that you do have? Like, was that during the time when you were ill, far before yeah. that? I think it really resonated with me at about that time because I realized toward the end of my hospital stay Mm -hmm. how close I was to death. And so you start to think about things a little bit differently. And the older you get, the more you realize that, you know, your parents aren't going to be there forever. Your grandparents aren't going to be there forever. The friends that you love very dearly go their separate ways eventually You know, people are in your life for a season. Some people are in your life for a reason. And some people are in your life forever. Mm -hmm. But uh, you just need to be grateful for the moments that you have. And give yourself things to look forward to. It's so important. Mm. Well said. Thank you. Well, you know, the, the thing that really made me think of as you were sharing your experience of the things that have happened to you and also I think the lessons that you've been able to gain was that I was able to put myself in in kind of your shoes and go through the challenges that I faced within my life. And one of those times I remember, as I think I've shared with you during our call initially, was living at the orphanage. And one of the things that I had to do in that particular time was um, create hope in moments where I didn't have it. So Mm. you you speak a lot about, um, you know, the moments where, I guess when you were at the hospital as well, you were um, able to relate back and and really 
understand the things that are surrounding you, why they were there to begin with. And But I'm curious to know in that particular instance when especially those surrounding you were in the position of making the decision of putting you on, you know, life support and like creating this environment where this might be the last chance that you get a, a chance to breathe or see someone. So how do you recreate that hope besides having someone to look for, something to look forward to beyond that? Like, how did you flip the script as far as, okay, these are all the things people are saying around me, but I'm not going to fully believe them. Instead, mm. I'm going to believe something else. Mm. I think, I, I, I just think that, you know, maintaining a positive mindset is really, really important and feeding your mind with positive things because there's negativity all around. Mm-hmm. I mean, our world seems to be getting progressively more negative. At least the media promotes negativity a lot more than it promotes positivity. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. And you just have to choose whose voices you want to listen to and the input that you choose to allow whether it's visual, audio, or whatever it is, just feed your mind with positive things. Surround yourself with people who lift you up and help you rather than people who will try and tear you down or try and keep you at their level for their own insecurity's sake. Mm-hmm. But your environment and your associations matter a lot, and so does the input that you allow inside you. Mm-hmm. Your environment always wins. Mm-hmm. Final thought for today's episode, and this is a question that I ask all of our guests on our show, and that is, who or what are you grateful for today? Wow. I'm thankful for friends and family all the time. And why? Why? Because I know that when I'm with them, I feel loved. And it's really important. You have to be around people who make you feel loved because a lot of people don't feel loved. And one thing that I like to do is to make sure that people do feel loved and appreciated because that might be the only time they hear it from somebody all day long. Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, feel free to subscribe to our monthly newsletter so you can receive the latest Stand Up and Speak Up stories, podcast episodes, and ways you can be involved with overcoming odds. Once again, thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.